BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. Thank you for supporting my pillow, Relief Factor, and The Ledger Report. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, Orwell's COVID USA is here. Hospital killing fields and a government-induced socioeconomic disaster. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. The vast preponderance of scientific studies, dozens and dozens show robust, long-lasting immunity after COVID infection. Even the CDC does not recommend measles vaccine if you have measles immunity. The same was true for smallpox. But you ignore history and science to shame the flat earthers, as you call them. You should be ashamed of yourself and apologize to the American people for being dishonest about naturally acquired immunity. You want more people to choose vaccination? So do I. You want to lessen vaccine hesitancy? So do I. You want to have that happen? Quit lying to people about naturally acquired immunity. Quit lording it over people, acting as if these people are deplorable and unwashed. Try persuasion instead of government cudgels. Try humility instead of arrogance. Try freedom instead of coercion. But most of all, try understanding that there's no more basic medical right than deciding what we inject into our bodies. Today, after hearing that millions of people in a study prove, show without a doubt that there's a great deal of immunity from getting it naturally, do you want to apologize to the 100 million Americans who suffered through COVID, survived, have immunity, and yet you want to hold them down and vaccinate them? Do you want to apologize for calling those people flat earthers? Senator, I appreciate your question and appreciate that everyone has their opinion. Uh, we follow the facts and the science at HHS. We use the expertise of the medical professionals, the scientists at uh, HHS to make decisions. Uh, it's a team effort, and we rely on what is on the ground showing us results. Except for the dozens and dozens of studies. In fact, 
most, if not all, of the studies show robust immunity from getting the disease naturally. The CDC says if you've had measles and have immunity, you don't have to be vaccinated. The same was true of smallpox. You're selectively doing this because you want us to submit to your will. You have no scientific background, no scientific degrees, and yet you aren't really concerned about 100 million Americans who have the disease. You just want to tell us, do as you're told. That's what you're telling us. You want to mandate this on all of us. You're going to tell us if I have 100 employees, you're going to put me out of business with a $700,000 fine if I don't obey what you think is a science. Don't you understand that it's presumptuous for you to be in charge of all the science? Have you ever heard of a second opinion? I can't go to my doctor and ask my doctor's opinion. I mean, this is, is, is incredibly arrogant combined with this authoritarian nature that you think, well, we'll just tell all of America to do what I say and they better or we'll find them or put them in jail or not let them go to school or not let them travel. The science is against you on this. The science is clear. Naturally acquired immunity is as good as a vaccine. The Israel study actually showing it better. This isn't an argument against the vaccine, but it's an argument for letting people make a decision who already have immunity. You're not willing to consider natural immunity? Stop the tape. I'll answer that for Javier Becerra, who is an outright Marxist. He is the little Hitler, who I guess more of a fascist, if he's a little Hitler, little Stalin, Marxist, of our time. This guy going from Congress, he's from California, of course, going from the House of Representatives to Attorney General of California, now he's HHS secretaries bouncing around within the annals of the Democrat structure there, but he's high, high up in the Democrat structure. He's going to run for governor after Newsom uh, blows out whoever his competition is going to be in 2022. And Newsom gets reelected by a landslide of 65, 70 percent of the vote. <laughs> this is this is just like East Germany's voting in California now or or uh, now, in, in, I guess a, a more modern day comparison would be North Korea's uh, ballot in. Uh, Kim Jong-un uh, elected su supreme leader uh, once again, or maybe in Cuba or something like It's phony. It's fake. But, of course, there are many, many Marxists uh, in California who support Javier Becerra. And so I'll answer the question for the HHS secretary. No, natural immunity doesn't have... Any part of any of this, of this steady march to force people to get the so-called vaccine, which once again is not a vaccine. If you got it, I'm sorry for you, okay? If I were you, I would continue to take as many homeopathic remedies as possible, including Relief Factor, by the way, which this program is sponsored by. You go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger, um, and you can order Relief Factor. It's a homeopathic remedy for... Uh, joints and aches and pains, but it, everything in there is good for you. So it should be part of your regimen along with vitamin D and vitamin C, etc. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger 833-425-7246. Also, MyPillow. I keep forgetting to mention all the specials for MyPillow.com. You're going to have to go to MyPillow.com, but when you order, put ledger in the promo co code box. Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. I want to also remind you to go to GrahamLedger.com and all of these fine sponsors are listed there as well as the Ledger register question, which is, will the Arizona audit lead to a true and accurate accounting of the 2020 
election. I pray to God it does. Also, I want to remind you, Red Voice Media, we're now uh, proudly partnering with RedVoiceMedia.com. RedVoiceMedia.com. This program is on RedVoiceMedia.com as well as other uh, wonderful news. Uh, We have to stick together, ladies and gentlemen, and that is if you're in a red state, yeah, red states need to stick together. I want to talk more on that and then what the governors need to do in these red states. Red businesses, we need to stick together. If you own a restaurant, say hell no to forcing someone to prove that they're, in this case, vaccinated, so-called. I mean, think about that. How Hitlerian is that? you got to prove something. You have to prove something. The only thing you should be able to prove when you go into a restaurant is that you have a mouth to eat and hands to eat with and pay the bill. That's the only thing you should be able to prove at a restaurant. And of course you want to behave within the law. Now you have to prove effectively who you are. And what they want in California, up and down the state now, is to prove that you've had a jab. Think about how that marginalizes millions and millions of people in California. And of course they're they're trying to head that way at the national level. It's not going to happen. Thank God because of these red states. But if Javier Becerra had anything to say about it, hell yeah there would be an up-and-down, left-and-right mandate all across America, the continental U.S. and the two other states. A mandate that you will shut up and get the jab. But actually, in reality, they know that not everyone's going to get the jab. This is a tool. This is the latest tool to divide this country. It's straight out of rules for radicals. Straight out of rules for radicals because they know these minions, these Karens. Remember how the term Karen came up about a year ago? You don't have a mask on. Ah! Excuse me, I'm sorry. But that's what they sound like to me, the Karens. Now it's, you don't have a vax. Ah! They're trying to divide us. Yes, that's one of the goals. But they also know that to a certain degree, this is going to turn American against American. And it could even turn conservative against conservative, Republican against Republican, which is even a greater benefit to them, right? That's why I say to you who have had the vaccine, so-called, and you are conservative, you made a mistake, and I, I, God bless you, I hope I'm wrong, and this information I'm going to give you in just a couple of minutes here doesn't affect you in the long run, because we don't know the long term, but you have to stick together with me. You have been jabbed. You have to stick together with the constitutionalists, the Republicans, the conservatives, conscientious objectors, religious folks, people who have said no to the jab. You have to defend their rights. Is what Rand Paul is trying to do. Rand Paul is, I don't agree with everything he said, that he wants everyone to get, quote, the vaccine. I don't. I don't want anybody to get it because I know it's not a vaccine. I know it's an experimental medical device and I know it's causing great harm to potentially millions of people. I want to get to those numbers in just a moment. But this is about Marxist turmoil. You've always got to have a boogeyman as part of the Marxist playbook, right? They always have a bad guy. The bad guy for the Soviet Union, the ultimate bad guy, was the United States. But there are smaller internal bad guys. And so what worked so well, or not so well, in the Soviet Union was they had people spying upon their neighbors. They had as many spies as they had neighbors. And so that's effectively what we have here, right? 
having businesses do the dirty work of the Marxist overlords in government. That's what's happening here. That's why the red states are so crucial. Red states to say no. So this is the Marxist playbook. The boogeyman. The boogeyman are people who, like Rand Paul, are trying to stand up for constitutional rights. He's also trying to stand up for medical science and just common sense. If you've had the Wuhan coronavirus, you don't need the jab, even if it was a vaccine. 100 million Americans have had the Wuhan coronavirus. Has anybody out there in government ever said, which is what Rand Paul is trying to get to, hey, if you've had the Wuhan coronavirus and you have the natural antibodies, you don't have to get the jab. Has anybody said that? No. Why? Because it's not about the science. It never has been about the science. It's always been about politics. It's always been about control. It's always been about the money. Yeah, Dr. Fauci. I would like to have an audit of Dr. Fauci's 2020 tax filings. I had heard he was running around NIH bragging that he made $6 million. How does a guy make $6 million being a, quote, public servant? The highest paid public servant, sure. But that's 400 grand. Six million? Or was it 60 million? Maybe somebody misheard when Fauci was bragging. You could just see Fauci bragging, can't you? So let's have an audit. Joe Biden wants to institute all these extra IRS agents. Why don't we descend upon public enemy number one, Dr. Fauci, and find out how much money he made in 2020. And if he made over 400 and something thousand dollars, how did it happen? Was it because he was connected to remdesivir, which is made by Gilad Pharmacies up in Foster City, California? I'm just wondering because there are a lot of members of the board, uh, there are many boards at the National Institutes for Health, and among the board is, is the one that recommends the treatment to hospitals, and of course the regimen is remdesivir at death's door, then they give remdesivir, $3,000 per uh, dosage. Does Fauci have ties to Gilad Pharmaceuticals? Because many on the board re making recommendations to every hospital in this country, Many on the board, National Institutes for Health, have ties to Gilad. They're getting money from Gilad Pharmaceutical. It is public information. And we're going to talk about the hospital killing fields in just a couple of minutes here. Yes, hospital killing fields. Hospitals are completely abdicating their fiduciary duties. It's beyond that. It's almost as if they want the numbers to be juiced in terms of COVID. Not only the number of COVID cases and diagnoses, but also the ones that have to be intubated. And once you're intubated, there's a large chance you're gonna ultimately die. It's almost as if they want the numbers to increase. I don't know that they do, but we're gonna get into the details of why right now in this country, in every state, red or blue, we have hospital killing fields. And it's unbelievable that we're in this situation. But George Orwell couldn't even conceive of this one. He conceived a lot of it. He conceived of the Fauci's and the Biden's of the world and the Schumer's and the Pelosi's and how it affects people. But I don't think Orwell ever touched on the hospitals and how the hospitals are playing a role exactly the opposite of what they should be doing. So the federal government is pedal the metal with this vaccine mandate nonsense, and now they want the Border Patrol. Now they're after the Border Patrol. 
Biden administration spells out vaccine or termination process for Border Patrol. This is out of Breitbart. So you say to yourself, wait a minute, we have a a full-blown crisis at the border, yet they're talking about terminating how many? Thousands? Tens of thousands of border agents? I think it would probably be in the thousands. So I think there's only 20,000 border agents, if I remember right. But who knows? I don't know how many people would say no. But it's going to be in the thousands, just given the overall representation of what we're seeing in society, that a third to maybe uh, 40% are saying no to the jab. So you're talking thousands of people that they're going to let go? Wait a minute. We have a crisis at the border. That's going to make the crisis worse. A more wide-open border. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, they can. They can make it worse. Fits very nicely, doesn't it? It's counterintuitive to a constitutionalist and someone who cares about the sovereignty of this country, but it dovetails very nicely into the Marxist plan to destroy this republic and let in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people who will end up to be Democrat voters so they can stay in power and do this all over again and destroy our economy along the way. 220,000 military service members say no to Biden's forced COVID injections. They're filing a lawsuit. So now we're talking about the armed forces. 200, so you're talking close to a quarter of a million. That's probably a conservative number. A quarter of a million Marines, Navy, Air Force, Army, Coast Guard saying no to the jab. What are they going to do about that? Well, I've heard they're going to do a dishonorable discharge. Think about that. Because you're, as, as Rand Paul is saying, standing up for the right of your own body to say, hey, this is what I want to put in my body and this is what I don't want to put on my body. Oh, but they're not done yet. There's a proposed bill in Congress right now, compliments of DiFi, who's still alive and still in the United States Senate. DiFi wants to mandate the so-called vaccine, which is not a vaccine, it's an experimental medical device that's being injected into tens of millions of Americans, wants to mandate the so-called vaccine for everyone who flies. I said it, listen, don't care, uh, kill the messenger here, okay? I said it because I'm reporting it. DiFi wants to force you to walk to get from Los Angeles to Chicago or take a Bus. Oh, they'll probably do buses next, right? So how in the hell are you going to get there if you don't have the so-called vaccine? Huh? What is that going to do to tens of millions of Americans? It's going to render them unemployed, unemployable. And so what's that going to do? Well, that's going to compound the economic crisis that's building here, right? Spending trillions and trillions of dollars of money that we don't have decimating entire industries. For example, the Border Patrol, which is kind of an industry of itself. The restaurant industry has been decimated. I have an article here that says majority of restaurant operators say business conditions are worse now than, than three months ago or, or a year ago when we were, quote, in the middle of the pandemic. This is not a pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. This is a contrived, phony government political response to a virus. There is no pandemic. The pandemic, unfortunately, is of governments who have taken advantage of fear and fear-mongering to put layer upon layer upon layer of government on 
on good people. For example, what's going on in Australia. Australia is our canary in the coal mine. Australia, which, you know, remember, was founded by the British as a penal colony, is now a penal colony again. Think about that. Are, are you able to see any of the videos I post on social media about what's going on in Australia and the protests that are going on in France? It's amazing. We're supposedly the home of the brave, the free and the brave. Yet, how many Americans are silent here? If you want to go get and have something injected in your body that is an experimental medical device, you have the right to do that. At least at this moment in time you do. But that person who gets the jab should stand up and say, you know, person next to me has the right to say no also. Instead, they've turned the narrative around, of course, right? You're going to make me sick if you don't get the jab. This is so stupidly counterintuitive if this is a true vaccine that protects you. Why would you worry if you're vaccinated? Hmm? And again, the entire realm of natural immunity, because you've had the Wuhan coronavirus, is completely ignored, as evidenced by Biden's henchman, uh, Javier Becerra. So now they're talking about not allowing you to get on an airplane. And of course, in New York City, they have a major crisis right now. And the major crisis is regarding nurses and doctors, the medical industry, 83,000 strong that apparently the lunatic governor that's taken over for Cuomo in New York is going to call the National Guard out to replace doctors and nurses when they're fired by the tens of thousands. Roll tape. Well, now the pandemic is two days after New York's vaccine mandate took effect, requiring all state health care workers to get a shot or be fired. A group of nurses are taking their objections to court. They're fighting for a permanent religious exemption. Mike Sachs live in Lower Manhattan with the details. Mike. Yes, Steve. So for now, that religious exemption is temporary until an upstate judge makes a further determination in the next two weeks. But that uncertainty had a different set of plaintiffs in a case based here in New York City asking an appeals court to weigh in as well and keep that exemption in place to make things more secure while both trials play out. But the judges who heard that nearly 30-minute argument this morning were noncommittal all the way through. My clients are reasonable people. All they're asking is for fair treatment. The lawyer for three nurses seeking religious exemptions from the New York State health care worker vaccine mandate speaking to the media following a hearing before a panel of federal appeals court judges in lower Manhattan. Earlier this month, a federal judge in Utica temporarily blocked the mandate, which only has a medical exemption from being enforced against religious objectors. But even with that court order in place, NYC Health and Hospitals president and CEO Dr. Mitchell Katz says the mandate is working in the city. We're at 92 percent of people vaccinated right now. Just 3,000 of the city's 43,000 public health care workers have yet to receive their first shot. That's 2,000 fewer unvaccinated H&H workers since Monday. And Mayor Bill de Blasio says he expects more people will get vaccinated in the coming days. You still have people uh, who it hasn't been their day to come to work yet. Uh, so they still have a chance to get vaccinated. You have people who are, I think, going to think twice after they uh, potentially are not going to have a paycheck and are going to come back. According to the governor's office, 87% of healthcare workers statewide are fully vaccinated, with zero healthcare facilities reporting closures since the mandate went into effect at midnight on Tuesday. 
And in court today, the state's lawyers said their opposition to a religious exemption furthers public health and is consistent with the Constitution. Governor Hochul, for her part, has cited world religious leaders from the Pope on down urging the faithful to get their shots. But the challenger's lawyer, Cameron Atkinson, says that doesn't matter. We consider the Pope irrelevant here. He has his conscience before God. My clients have theirs. Stop the tape. It's constitutional. Think about this. Why was this region of the world founded? I'm not talking the country. I'm talking prior. You know, why the settlers came to the New World for religious liberty. And New York is playing fast and footloose and free with people's religious liberty. It's unbelievable that we're in this situation. These people were treating patients a year ago, no vaccine, and now all of a sudden they're being forced to have a vaccine. So you step back again and you look at this picture, you talk about a crisis. You're talking about firing thousands and thousands of people, not just in New York, but all across the country because many medical facilities are mandating this as well. You know, the federal government has effectively said every hospital, every hospital worker has got to get the so-called vaccine. So all these people are going to be laid off. All these people are going to be fired. Another crisis, another crisis where the federal government maybe comes into the rescue. And it's a crisis upon a crisis at a hospital because what is happening at hospitals right now is unbearable to think about. Hospitals are allowing patients to die because they are refusing to treat patients other than the exact prescribed protocol from Fauci and the National Institutes for Health and the CDC. They're allowing patients to die. I'll have more on that right after this very important 30-second announcement. Roll tape. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? You may be entitled to compensation. Call Zantac Justice now for a free legal case review. The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug ranitidine may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Consult your physician prior to discontinuing any use of medication. Please call 800-868-3048. Joining me now is physician and president and CEO of Truth for Health, Dr. Elizabeth Bleet. Doctor, I want to start with the VARS reporting system which the mainstream media is um, almost categorically ignoring. The latest VARS numbers are 15,000 reported dead as an adverse reaction to the so-called vaccines, these um, experimental medical devices ostensibly to treat COVID, and 82,000 ER slash doctor visits. We know there's a 1% compliance. What is um, What are doctors saying uh, privately about these numbers? and the actual numbers that we're not hearing in the mainstream media. Thank you, Graham. It's really serious when the VAERS adverse events only represents 1% roughly of what's actually happening. And in fact, the deaths are grossly underreported because the CDC database that accesses Medicare's database doesn't report any death that recurs that occurs in the first 14 days after vaccination. They don't consider that related to the vaccine. And attorney Tom Renz had a press conference recently where the CDC whistleblower using Medicare data showed 48,465 deaths 
of Medicare recipients in the first 14 days after vaccination that are not even showing up in the VAERS system. Hmm. It's staggering. Um, it is. And the other, one of the other issues that's not being reported in the mainstream media is that there are uh, currently drugs on the market um, and different protocols that exist that may or may not need a doctor's prescription uh, that are able to treat COVID. Uh, for example, ivermectin is not the only one, but there are study after study after study, um, real life studies. Of, of ivermectin being given to entire communities and not a single person in a prophylactic way, by the way, and not a single person coming down with COVID, contracting COVID. Now, on a personal note, um, a very close family member of mine got a prescription for ivermectin from a, a physician, tried to fill it, and five out of four uh, pharmacies would not fill the ivermectin. Um, in fact, yours truly lives in kind of a, a horse region, if you will. And so I went into this, uh, this tack and field place and, and bought some, uh, I went in there, I asked for the, the, you know, the dewormer for horses. And I went to the section, I, I found the cleanest ivermectin I could find. And when I'm buying this stuff, by the way, this lady comes up to me and says, you know, that's not for human use. <laughs> it's unbelievable what's going on out there. There's a, 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 a media blackout, but there's also a concerted effort, a conspiracy, if you will, to prevent regular old Americans like me from purchasing ivermectin. Well, it's an even bigger conspiracy to prevent people from accessing hydroxychloroquine, which has over 240 studies showing its effectiveness in prevention and treatment of COVID. And there are about 60 studies showing effectiveness for prophylactic and treatment with ivermectin in COVID. And these are both FDA approved drugs. Hydroxychloroquine goes back 65 years worldwide, FDA approved half a billion uh, doses every year in the United States for multiple uses, very safe medicine. Actually our data research on the safety side effects showed hydroxychloroquine going back 40 years on safety reports, safer than Tylenol non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Aleve or Advil or the proton pump inhib inhibitors for acid reflux, it's safer than all of those that are already over the counter. Ivermectin, same thing, FDA approved for human use for multiple uses worldwide, very effective. One whole state in India eradicated COVID with widespread use of ivermectin. India had already gotten on top of COVID early in 2020 using hydroxychloroquine prophylactically, once a week dose, 400 milligrams, once a week, easy. I used it for my patients in many different uses and have for many years. We also use azithromycin, doxycycline, nebulized budesonide, a corticosteroid to reduce inflammation in the lungs. We use vitamins, quercetin, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin D, vitamin C. There's a whole host of combined approaches that dramatically reduce the severity of COVID if you catch it quickly in the first five days of symptoms and can reduce hospitalization and death over 90% in the data that's already been presented worldwide that the media is suppressing. That's why Truth For Health Foundation as a public charity was activated to support the work of Dr. Peter McCullough on the early treatment and get out to 
local community groups, early treatment, monoclonal antibodies, support at home for all of the oxygen and other needs that patients have to keep them out of the hospital. And, and we're doing a phenomenal job to help patients early, but it's against the big tech tyranny we have to operate. And I urge people, there are independent pharmacies. It's the big chain, corporate yeah. medicine pharmacies that are in collusion with the government and NIH and all of this pushing the narrative that you have to have an expensive remdesivir that's very dangerous, has a lot of side effects and potentially lethal. It, the kidney damage after five days is over 25%. The death rate in the CMS database is close to 26% with remdesivir. That's huge. None of the outpatient drugs we've just been talking about have any kind of risk like that. You know, it's doctor, the, the, the reason why I know ivermectin can be taken prophylactically, you know how I know that? Because I went to the NIH website and they had a study on there as yes. recently as just a few months ago saying, yes. yes, it works prophylactically. Yet again, there's a complete and total news blackout, not only on the part of the mainstream media, but upon the part of our government, Dr. Exactly. Fauci uh, on down. And that brings us to the hospitals. The hospitals are not using ivermectin. Now, when I look at the protocol as prescribed by this panel or panels on the National Institutes for Health, there is effectively no treatment recommended for people. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, you can look at the panels. Effectively, mm -hmm. no treatment recommended for COVID patients outside of the hospital. And then if you go and you drill down a little bit further for the, the protocol in the hospital, again, initial patients uh, initially admitted to the hospital, virtually no treatment. And one of the things that they do not want these patients to have is something called dexamethasone, which is a, a, a steroid of types. But you know, as a physician and, and what you've seen in your patients is that steroids is part of the remedy if you in fact want your patients to get better and recover from COVID, correct? Corticosteroids in the inflammatory phase of a viral respiratory illness or a bacterial when there is massive inflammation in the lungs, corticosteroids appropriately given are part of our standard treatment and have been for decades. It's been through throughout my career in medicine. You don't wanna give them too early in a viral illness and suppress the immune system and potentially make the viral illness worse. But we're talking about people who are in the inflammatory stage who have inflammation in the lungs that is decreasing the oxygen capability of getting oxygen into the bloodstream from the lungs. And so of course, it's a standard part of treatment and it has been for a long time. But these hospitals- it's the NIH even, it's even... Is, is recommending against that is unconscionable. And they know that that flies in the face of the practice of medicine. But no mention of vitamin D, no mention, mention of vitamin C, obviously no mention of uh, hydroxychloroquine or um, ivermectin. These hospitals are effectively allowing the patients, I'm gonna say this, if, if you wanna repeat it, it's fine, but it appears to me, not just anecdotally, I've seen evidence, I've, I've heard personal stories from a physician who was in a hospital in a red state uh, of all places, um, who basically saw his uh, person in the, in the next bed withered to death with uh, bacterial pneumonia 
because they wouldn't treat him and he wouldn't be treated the way he wanted. He wanted ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, one of the two. They refused to give it to him. They did basically nothing. And it was only the grace of God that he recovered. And it wasn't because of remdesivir. We are directly seeing that pattern, the same pattern in hospitals in multiple states. Truth for Health Foundation has a resource and medical advisory service and when families or attorneys contact us, we help with what is needed medically and we assist the attorneys in advocating for the patients. The pattern is clear and we've just been in the trenches with 12 different hospitals in six different states in the last two weeks. And they all are doing the same thing. Patient hits the ER, they, they get a mandatory PCR test. If you're unvaccinated, the whistleblowers have filed court documents that they run the, the PCR up to 45 cycles, which increases the false positive rate. If you're vaccinated, they run it at 25 to 28 cycles. Then they get a positive COVID diagnosis, even if you're in the ER for a car accident, which happened in South Carolina recently. And then you're admitted to a COVID ward you're put immediately on remdesivir, whether you refuse it or not. And we have patient records that show they refused it and were given it anyway, which in many states is a battery. And then as they start restricting fluids, which we also have seen and documented in patients' records, then it pushes down the, the oxygen saturation. They get them in the ICU on a ventilator as quickly as they can in spite of patients, families, and patients saying, no, I don't want to be intubated. It's pushed and pushed to the point that patients end up on a ventilator. And each of those steps in the process that I just listed that we have been dealing with in the trenches, pattern after pattern in same pattern in all these different hospitals, each one of those steps adds more money to the hospital pockets. That's that's the, so if we were looking for the reason why why ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are being suppressed, why this protocol is being followed that's actually harming patients in hospitals, in the end it's about the money. Yes, attorney Tom Renz and his team looking at the whistleblower data and looking at CMS and other data sources have calculated that roughly there's approximately another $100,000 to hospital for each COVID patient. And there is there are extra incentives at every step of that process. So clearly it's in the hospital's economic interest to not use medicines that work. And then we've had other whistleblower physicians and nurses reporting to us and in signed affidavits to attorney Renz's team that then the comments are, well, if we let them use ivermectin and it works, how do we <laughs> deal with the fact that we've denied it for all these months? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an incredible Orwellian scenario that unfortunately we are uh -huh. living through real time as Americans and we have to stand up for the rights of individuals, whether you're in a hospital or you're perfectly healthy and you've had the jab or haven't had the jab, constitutional Americans who care about liberty and freedom, who care about life 
and uh, the freedom that the Constitution supposedly protects, we have to stand together. So I only have about a minute left, uh, Doctor. Um, if, if, if you have a loved one who comes down with, with COVID and it's pretty severe and you're thinking about a hospital, are there alternatives uh, out there? And, and where should these folks seek treatment to avoid the hospital, which have become killing fields? Well, to several steps I want to leave your listeners. Go to truthforhealth.org website, click on treatment, download our guide to early treatment that Dr. McCullough and I have revised and updated in August 2021. It has a list of all of the medicines being used. It shows the stages of the illness. You need that as an educational resource, have a plan in place. It lists telemedicine resources and a list of doctors practices across the United States that are treating COVID patients quickly outpatient. And I urge everyone listening, you must get your healthcare power of attorney documents in place. If you hit the hospital for any reason and someone in your family does not have your healthcare power of attorney and you can't advocate for yourself, it is very difficult for attorneys and family members to break through these roadblocks that we're encountering with the hospitals. If someone is in the hospital before they are on a ventilator, then our team can help the family look at other resources that where we can deliver oxygen and medications and nursing support, not us personally. The foundation is a referral service, but we identify resources in each state, licensed in each state, with physicians and nurse practitioners, home health agencies, oxygen vendors, all of this. And we can help the local people put together a care plan for the patients. Once you're on a ventilator and the patient can't communicate and the family is denied access, yeah. it is very difficult to get that patient out. You have about a five to 10% chance of that loved one coming out of the hospital. That's terrible odds. Yeah. Get your documents in place, get your, your early treatment guide, print it, read it, know your options, healthcare power of attorney, and if somebody has to go to the ER and hospital, then start looking at options other than the hospital admission and look at ways that you can be supported in the outpatient setting. All of us who've been treating COVID patients all last year have managed very sick people at home with oxygen capability and with medications and nursing support and caregivers. It can be done. There is hope there is help, but you have to be proactive. You have to get a plan in place because when you're admitted to the hospital and you're on a ventilator, the options are extraordinarily limited and chance of survival is extremely low. It's almost too little, too late. This is great and uh, sound advice. And again, the website is truthforhealth.org, truthforhealth.org. And the doctor is Dr. Valit. Thank you very much. And uh, please keep us informed and keep in touch. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for your great work. Governors in red states, but just plain old citizens, residents of red states have a lot of power here. We do. If you live in a red state, you have power. And part of your power is to, for example, realize that 
there are more of you and less of them. And let me give you an example of that. 20 states in this union have said no, officially, on the record, on the law books, no to any vaccine passport. Only three states, you can guess who they are, California, New York, and Hawaii. Only three states have mandated a so-called vaccine passport. Few states are trying to split the baby, which I don't think you can do on this one ultimately. So the red states, the states that are protecting your liberty, vastly outnumber the blue states. So what do you do? You, well, then you don't travel to New York. You do not spend your tax dollars in New York if you live in a red state. You do not travel to California. Absolutely boycott California. And as nice as Hawaii is, go to Florida instead. You own a restaurant, put a big old sign out there. You live in Texas. Vaccine mandates, poo poo. We want the unvaccinated here along with the so-called vac- whatever whatever signage you want out there. This is how we do it. This is how we stick together. This is how we show unity. The mainstream media ain't going to report it. Doesn't matter. Keep listening to me. Keep listening to other folks who are trying to spread the message that there's more of us than there are of them. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to continue to give you the truth. I always have and I always will. But we must defeat this. This being this outright attack sponsored by the federal government and then executed, unfortunately, by too many people in the private sector, but also by state governments. This outright attack on our constitutional rights that, unfortunately, among other things, have turned our hospitals that had a fiduciary duty to fix and repair people, turn these facilities into killing fields. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. In 2015, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. After losing a number of court cases, the maker of Roundup recently announced that a global settlement had been reached and agreed to pay over $10 billion to resolve pending cases. Please call 800-376-1935.